This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3494 for Thursday the 23rd of December 2021. Today's show is entitled, Recent Generator Repairs and Maintenance. It is hosted by John Culp, and is about 18 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, I talk about my Generac 4000XL gasoline-powered generator and what I've done to get it running right. Hey everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, today I'm outside in my garage about to get out my generator to do its weekly testing. Um, I've been working on this thing a lot, and I thought all along I should do an HPR about it at some point, but I hadn't gotten around to it yet. First I get it out of here. I keep it at the back of my garage, tucked up underneath the... This little stair thing. The thing is heavy. It's got wheels, thankfully. And um, just gonna pull it out around to the side of my house where I can start it up without getting fumes in the garage. What I have here is a Generac 4000XL does 4,000 watts. Um, not great with the electrical stuff. NY Bill could probably help me get this right. 4,000 watts. There's a a 30 amp AC socket, and then there's a 20 amp AC, like a four prong socket. That's the one. Like when the power goes out, that's the one I'll be using. Um, I also got some electrical work done on my house to accommodate this generator. Um, I had a generator interlock installed in my panel, which is a thing that allows you to plug from a four-prong input, or like what output on the generator, into a box on the outside of your house, and it goes directly into your electrical panel. And you can essentially run anything in your house as long as it doesn't exceed the uh, electrical. Uh, capacity of the generator. You don't want to melt your generator down by trying to force it to do too much. So essentially, like if we have a a hurricane sometime in the summer and the power goes out, uh, what I would have to do is cut off the breakers to my climate control units. Um, That might be it. Maybe the water heater also to make sure that those really high... um, those high draw items don't start uh, running but it would allow me to still keep the refrigerators running to keep the food from spoiling to keep the lights on and that kind of thing it, it's not a it's not a big generator it's not a great one but it's it's a fairly reliable old one it's a hand-me-down um i want to say this generator is probably 22 23 years old and my dad gave it to me. I can remember the first time that he used this one. It was when I was visiting him up in Tennessee. And it was like January or December. I don't know. It was in the winter. And there was an ice storm in Tennessee. And they lost power for five days. And my dad hooked up to his own house. He hooked up a transfer switch. Which is a different kind of thing than a generator interlock. 
transfer switch, you have to choose like four or six circuits or something like that that you want to power with the generator. And so you choose strategically the one that'll have your fridge and, you know, some lights and whatever else you want to be able to run. But that's all you can run. Whereas the generator interlock allows you to use any of the circuits on your board as long as they don't exceed the amperage. So there's a little bit more flexibility with the interlock. But anyway, I, what I can remember him running, I mean, the house got really, really cold. Uh, I remember it being in the, the 40s inside the house. But he was able to keep the refrigerator going, some lights, and my mom used a little, like, uh, electric skillet to heat things up, and, and that was about it. But it, it was pretty miserable, and so <laughs> you might not be surprised at that shortly after that, my dad got a much better generator that's just like this built-in, uh, a much bigger Generac brand generator that just lives in a box outside the house that's weatherproofed and that is fed continuously by his very large propane tank uh, and that will automatically kick on when the power goes out and it's a much more expensive deal it was some like five thousand bucks or something um, this generator was probably four or five hundred dollars when he bought it um, and so he gave this one to me when he got his new big home generator and ironically enough now that i've got this one working again uh, it looks like he's going to be upgrading his big generator and giving me the old one. So, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, this it's it's something. If you live in South Louisiana in hurricane country, it's it's a good idea to have a generator. Um, the last time the power went out here, I ended up not using it because I think at that moment it wasn't even really working. But my friend Corey, his house was without power for two or three days. And I told him, look, man, I've got a generator, but I don't, I don't know if it'll start. So I brought it over there. We fiddled around with it. We finally got it started. And he ran uh, his lights and fridge and stuff for a couple of days until his power came back on. But after that whole experience, I decided, you know what? I better keep this thing in good working order so that it will be ready. And so after that, I started, uh, you know, I changed the air filter. I changed the spark plug. I changed the oil, the oil filter. Um, what else did I do to it? Not much after that. And I just would take it out about once a week, every two weeks and start it up to make sure it still ran. Um, so, because you don't want to be trying to fix it at the moment when you need it. Right. And I been doing that for the last year and a half or so. And then about six weeks ago, I went out to do that very same thing and found it wouldn't run. Uh, the engine seized up, it wouldn't start. I tried to pull on the, the recoil and it just locked, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't move at all. And I thought, that, well, that's great. So am I gonna have to buy a new generator now? Um, but then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I can just fix it. So I Googled the problem and found that there are a few things that can cause the engine not to move like that for the, you know, not to be able to pull the thing. And one of them seemed like a likely candidate. It's called hydrolock. The hydrolock is when something happens and some moisture gets into the piston chamber. And because it's a very airtight thing in there, if there's extra stuff, then the piston can't move because it's locked up. And what they say to do is take the spark plug out 
and then pull on the recoil and if you find that with the spark plug removed you can pull the recoil again then that's probably your problem so I pulled the spark plug out and tried pulling on the the cord and what do you know it moved and so it said once if if they if you find that that's the problem then just give that about 10 good yanks to let it blow all the moisture out of there put the spark plug back in hook it back up and see if it'll start and I did that and I think it started back up but then not too long after that it did it again and so then I started to think there's probably something further wrong with it so I started watching videos on YouTube about repairing generators and I found this amazing channel by a guy named James Condon who uh, he's a small engine repair guy somewhere somewhere cold like in I don't know up north or in the Midwest or something like that but he has like a ton of videos about repairing old generators that look like they could not possibly be salvaged but he almost always manages to fix them and get them running and then he'll resell them so anyway that's like my new favorite thing to watch is these generator repair videos so I've, I've watched a bunch of those and uh one of the things you learn if you start looking into this is that the carburetor is a major culprit in a lot of these problems. And so I, I took off my carburetor and cleaned it out according to what I saw on the videos. And it was able to start up again. It, it started right up, but it still would not idle. There's an idle button on here where you turn it on and if there's no power being drawn from it, it'll spin at a much lower RPM and that by it'll save fuel that way so i wanted to get that working uh it oh one of the other things was that before i did any of these repairs when it used to still run it would never run if the choke were turned off and that's kind of a problem um normally you only need the choke when you're starting it but it would need the choke not only to start up, but then I would have to run it at half choke or else it would just stall out and die. And so that's also an indicator of some kind of fuel problem. And uh, the clean carburetor, once I cleaned the carburetor off and put it back on, uh, it was able to run without choke. So that was improvement, right? So anyway, I, I did, it, it still wasn't doing what I really wanted it to. I wanted it to be able to, to idle and all the things. So anyway, I decided to just buy a brand new carburetor because they're only like $20. And the new carburetor came not only with the carburetor, but the gaskets for it. It came with a new fuel line. Um, what else did it have? A couple of fuel filters. And mine did not have a fuel filter on it before. So what I did was I put in the new fuel line and then also installed the filter. Um, and now it runs much better. It, it runs much better. And so I had to, um, I think when I cleaned the carburetor, I did not find all of the little jets and holes that you're supposed to clean out. There, there are bunches of them and they're hidden in funny places. And so you have to take the whole thing apart, clean it real good and, and like run little wires through all the holes that are little brushes and then carb cleaner. And, uh, James Condon, well, he'll take every one of these things and put it through what's called a, what does he call it? It's, um, ultrasonic. It's an ultrasonic cleaner where he mixes water with like a parts degreaser kind of solution and everything comes out spotless and then I'll put it all back together and and it should it normally works great after that 
anyway, so I got the new carburetor, got the new fuel line. <sighs> what else did I do here? I had to set the engine speed because it was running too fast. And the way you figure out whether it's running too fast, there's, there's a couple of ways. One is to use a little like, um, electric, electricity usage monitor, like a kilowatt. And I have a knockoff version of one of those. But you, you plug it in, you run the engine, and then you press the function button until it gets to the hertz. So, and that'll tell you how fast. You want the engine with no load on it to be running around 62 hertz, according to all the videos I've been watching. And then when you put a load on it, like a, a heater or something like that, it'll go down a little bit, but you don't want it to go down lower than like 58, 59 hertz. Uh, and then you check the voltage output by hitting the little uh, function button until it gets to the volts. And mine was really not putting out enough volts. It was under no load. It was about 117 volts. And then as soon as I turned on the heater, it dropped down to like 104 volts, which is not enough. It, it needs to be uh, close to 120. But there's a little adjustment. Um, there's, there's a little adjustment potentiometer inside the there's a little access hole on the side of the generator where you put a tiny screwdriver in there and then you just turn it just a hair and it will adjust that. And so I did that adjustment. I adjusted the engine speed by using the engine speed adjustment screw. And it's pretty much doing what I want now. And so, uh, oh, the other thing is I, I drained the fuel tank completely um, to make sure the fuel tank would, didn't have like debris and stuff in it. And it was okay. And then uh, I also had to go on the search for non-ethanol gasoline because everyone says on these kinds of engines, they get gummed up really easy if your gas has ethanol in it. So it, uh, finding non-ethanol gas is not the easiest thing. But I got a buddy at work who knew where to go get it. And so I went to this uh, gas station that I would never otherwise go to because it's not in a convenient location but it has a giant sign out front that says no ethanol. So I got that and hopefully that'll help me keep the um, works from getting gummed up. Failing that though, you can put some stuff in the tank called Stabil. I've got a little bottle of it over here. I think that's what it's called. It's called Stabil Fast Fix, S-T-A hyphen B-I-L, small engine treatment. It says, this little bottle says it treats 20 gallons. Um, so you put like a, a teaspoon of that in your tank for every, I don't know, two or four gallons or whatever. And that will help keep it from going bad. So anyway, I'm going to fire this up so you can hear my generator running. And that'll probably be about enough of this. So the things you have to do to start a generator, this is what I didn't even know <laughs> when my friend Corey and I were trying to get this thing started. We were like, what, the, how do you do that? I mean, there's like, there's not a whole lot to it, but if you don't do things in the right order, then, uh, it might not work. See, so you, you got to turn the run switch to the run position, put the choke all the way on, and then you have to open up the fuel line. If your generator has a fuel cutoff, which is a great thing for it to have, by the way. Um, and then you start it up. And normally after you pull the recoil, you have to pull the choke down pretty quick to keep it from, I don't know, whatever. Uh, so let's see if this starts up. 
There we go. Okay, so it started right up, first pull, and I'm gonna let it run for a couple of minutes. Uh, it's very noisy over there, so I'm walking over here to a different part, uh, a different side of my house. Um, when I get the new generator from my dad, you know, my, my hand-me-down big generator, it will be able to power way more stuff. I think it's something like, I don't know, 12,000 watts or 15,000 watts instead of just 4,000. And also, it will hook directly into my natural gas line. So it's, it'll use a cleaner burning fuel and it's a fuel that I won't have to go fill up with those little red cans and you know, it's a pain to do that. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm grateful to have the generator that I do because it's wonderful to be able to turn your power on after a hurricane. But um, I'm looking forward to having the one that will automatically recognize when the power gets cut off and will um, kick in so that you have the minimal interruption in power. Uh, at the same time that I was getting the generator interlock installed, I also had the guy install a whole house surge suppressor and so that should help keep my electronics safe in the house as well. Um, I guess that's about it. Hope. Uh, Hope you all have enjoyed hearing about generators. Not the most exciting topic, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's been strangely compelling to me lately. Like almost all the stuff I've been watching is YouTube videos on how to fix generators. And I, I, find, it, I find it very, uh, very pleasing. So I, I highly recommend James Condon's channel. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And uh, I'll talk to you all some other time about something else. Bye now. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.